All right. Well, today's scripture reading goes, uh, it comes from, excuse me, Luke chapter 14, verses 26 to 33. We're going to read uh, this in the ESV. And so uh, if you can look this up in your own Bible or Bible app, that would be great. We're also going to project it here. But we'll give you a moment to find it. It's uh, Luke chapter 14, 26 through 33. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him, who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, today's message is called Exchange Your Life. And, you know, of course, it is a new year, 2021. And, you know, maybe for a lot of us, that brings excitement, the possibility of new things. And for many folks throughout the years, it also means time for New Year's resolutions. Now, I've preached many New Year's uh, messages over the years, and I usually say something very similar, which By the way, you already know this. I think we all know that New Year's resolutions hardly ever work, you know, and it would be very obvious to talk about why that is. And I think I've done that in past sermons, but I actually have a different question because I think most of us know that, right? We know New Year's resolutions don't really work or we try them and we fail. But my question is, why do we keep doing them? And I think the reason why we keep doing them, even though we know that, you know, it usually doesn't work or it doesn't stick, is because we want change, right? And that's a good thing. I want to hold on to that and embrace that. You know, the intention actually is really good, that people want to change, that people want to improve themselves. And usually, New Year's resolutions, we were trying to explain this to our kids, what New Year's resolutions are, and it's usually not to rob a bank, right? It's usually something good, something positive, you know, and and that's really good, you know. Uh, But maybe there's some of you, uh, you know, there's people who, who like to try them, even though, you know, they're not very successful, but they still try, which is great. But I think there's many of us who possibly have given up. And and what I want to say to you uh, is that I I do believe that change is possible. And just because New Year's resolutions don't work doesn't mean that you can't change. And so I want to talk about how change works. You know, and and one of the, because I think that this will give us a little insight into how to actually change our lives, because I think we want that. You know, part of the reason why we give up or we feel despondent in thinking about New Year's resolutions is because we really do want change, right? We just don't think it's going to happen, and and so it's disappointing, right? We don't want to get disappointed again, you know? 
But I, I would, so, so kind of looking at the way change works and maybe our misunderstandings about change, I think will help us. So let's start off by looking at this, this thing where you see New Year's resolutions, right? You see this list, right? I mean, these are all good things. Save money, exercise and get fit, find a better job, help others, travel, stop procrastinating, enjoy life. But there is something in this that is a misunderstanding of how change works. Most of us, we think uh, change works in one of two ways, addition or subtraction, right? Like the addition is very easy, right? Like, you know, exercise, right? Like exercise more. I wasn't exercising. I'm going to add exercise to my life, right? And, and that in the same way, it's like, uh, uh, you know, stop procrastinating. Uh, stop the bad thing. You know, subtraction. Take away procrastination from our lives, But that's not actually how change works. What is actually happening in change is that you are becoming a different person. If you actually change, you would become a different person. So for instance, let's just take the exercise thing, right? It's not that you are adding exercise to your life that's already stuffed with many things, right? I don't know how you spend your time, but it gets spent some way, right? That's your life as it is. When you add exercise to it, you are not simply just adding it on to all the other stuff. You're replacing something, right? True change is subtraction and then addition. By the way, take away procrastination. Well, what's going to fill the void, right? If you have some bad habit, there's a reason why you have that bad habit, right? And if you just take it out of your life, Something needs to fill the void. Oftentimes, when you take away a bad habit, if you you truly stop the bad habit, in many cases, you will start a new habit that's equally as bad or kind of like similarly bad, (laughs) right? Why? Because that's your life. The only way to truly change is to change who you are. Now, maybe you're like, well, Pastor Steve, duh, (laughs) But on some level, I don't think we understand that. I think we think you can just add a habit here or there, right? But for, for the exercise thing, it's not just about, you know, I'm adding exercise to, to my life. I'm becoming someone who is more healthy. And what does someone who's more healthy do? What, what do they do? They exercise, right? If it's going to stick, it becomes a part of you, your identity, You become the person who exercises. And for many of us, that doesn't happen. Why? Because you already have an identity. And if you don't exercise, guess what your identity is? (laughs) I'm somebody who doesn't exercise. And you may think you're not giving anything up, but you are, right? It is a death a death of that self, the person who doesn't exercise, the person who has more free time because you're not exercising, right? And so even in that, friends, you see, in order to make the time to exercise, you have to give up. I don't know how long you exercise, but you got to give up that 30 minutes, that hour. Not only that, but you have to give up sort of that feeling of, I get to do what I want, and I actually don't feel like exercising. So I'm somebody who does what I feel like whenever I want, right? And right now, I feel like sitting on this couch. You got to give that up, right? And it actually points to the scripture today. This scripture, I think in many ways, it seems harsh. 
But Jesus is just pointing out how change actually works. Let's take a look, right? Now, by the way, it's kind of funny because uh, I wanted to, we didn't put 25 uh, when we read the scripture earlier, but I'm going to put the verse that came before in just so you can see the context. It says, now great crowds accompanied him and he turned and said to them. So Jesus is getting a, a, a great following, right? Which is, seems kind of uh, funny what he's about to say, right? Would you say, he says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters. Yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Kind of harsh, Jesus, isn't it? Why does Jesus say this? By the way, in uh, the, the, the law, right? In, in, uh, for the people of Israel, it was very, very important to honor your mother and your father, Right? It's, it's in the Ten Commandments. So why would Jesus say, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, why would he say that? The hint is what comes next. Yes, and even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. In the biblical times, it was an honor culture that a lot of it revolved around family. And so many people would be, and for someone to become a Christian in that society where everyone else is worshiping in a different way, it would mean causing a rift in your family. And so Jesus is just, he's just telling them the truth. If you don't, he's not saying literally hate your mother and your father, right? We we definitely should honor them. But in comparison, right, in comparison to the love of God and the willingness to follow God, you cannot follow them. That's what he's saying, right? You cannot have your old life where you did whatever your parents wanted you to do. If they say stop following Christ, you would stop following Christ in your old life. In Maybe we have a life where we decide what we get to do. But for us to follow Christ, we have to die to that. You got to hate that in comparison to the life you are gaining, right? And so something must die in order that something must live. You got to stop following your family. You got to stop following what you want so that you can follow Christ. It's subtraction and addition, right? And he says, Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You, you all know cross is where people go to die. It, is a, 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 it was a, a means of execution, right? This is a symbol for saying that when you are bearing your cross, take up your cross every day as, as Jesus teaches in other places, right? It's this idea of daily you die to yourself. Now, this is where I think we lose a lot of people. I mean, even I was trying to find like songs that kind of fit with this theme of giving up your life. And they're not popular nowadays because we are following into the myth that you can have your cake and eat it too, right? You can have an already stuffed life and add exercise or anything, right? I want to follow Christ. I want to read the Bible. I want to pray. I want to be kinder. I want to be more forgiving. You know what, friends? You can but you got to die to a lot of stuff that already exists in your life if you want to live to that, right? And so this idea of death, 
of, uh, you know, death in order to have life. It's just the way change really works, you know? And so we may not like it, but if you don't understand it, you will never change. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. He says, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. I feel like this a lot of times in my spiritual life. You know, we try to do certain things, and then it gets tough. You know, for whatever reason, you get busy. Or you start reading the Bible. I know there's been many times where I wanted to read the Bible. I'm like, I'm going to read the Bible cover to cover this year, you know? And, and I would start, but I would get, you know, maybe halfway through Genesis or maybe a little bit into Exodus, you know, and then definitely Leviticus. It would really kind of just start to pump the brakes there in Leviticus, you know, and I'd be like, I don't really like this. Have we considered whether or not we can complete it? Have we really considered? Because by the way, friends, I knew what was in Leviticus. Why did it surprise me? Maybe I didn't really think it through. Did you really consider What would it look like to consider what the cost actually is before you do it? So for me, actually, um, having a a daily devotional life was something that I've always wanted. And, you know, for many, many years, even as a pastor, it was very difficult. I, I realized at some point, this is a longer story, but I started to get really burnt out. And I realized I need I need to have a consistent devotional life, to be able to pray every day, and to do it not just in this kind of like very quick way before a meal, or just, you know, um, just to say that I did it, but really to spend some quality time with God. You know, and what what kind of did it for me, this was like maybe, I can't remember exactly, um, good six, seven years ago, um, I went on this personal retreat, and I really came out of it thinking, I need to learn how to pray every day, how, how to, I, I really need to, to um, you know, build this personal devotional life. And, and I have to say, one realization helped probably more than anything. I, it, it sounds kind of silly, but I wrote this in my journal, and this is what I wrote. Excuse my French, but this is what I wrote, literally. <laughs> I wrote, you are, so, so I said, I'm going to pray every day. And, and then I wrote, and you are going to suck at it. Why was that important? <laughs> why, why was that realization? <laughs> because friends, I don't like being bad at things. That's part of my life. That's part of something I had to die to. It actually is a cost. There are many of us who are like this, I think. You know, whenever you start doing something and it starts sucking, right? It starts getting difficult. You know, we're like, ah, I don't like this anymore. And because we don't like that feeling so much of being bad at something, we stop doing it. And I had to embrace, I had to realize, I had to count that cost. I'm going to go through that. It's going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to sit there and, and just not really know how to pray. I had tried like, like a year before 
somebody had challenged me to pray for an hour every day, and I tried it, and I fell asleep every single time. And I was so embarrassed that I stopped. You know? I wasn't willing to die to that part of my life. I wasn't willing to be bad at it. And so, you know, when I got to this realization, you know, I'm sitting there on this personal retreat, and I'm like, okay, what is it going to take to actually do this? Well, it's going to be a lot of trial and error. But you got to count that cost. Are you willing to go through that? Are you willing to complete it? And what it means is you got to go through the process. By the way, when you are following Christ, there really is no completion. That's part of the cost too. It's going to be something you do every day for the rest of your life. Now, it's day by day, right? I mean, you're not going to live every day right now in this moment. You're just going to give this one moment to God. And then the next day, you're going to give another moment and then another moment. But it is part of the cost. Jesus continues. He says, or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he's able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. So, the king, right, like if, if, you, if there's a force of 20,000 and you're going against with 10,000, you may have all the, the, the uh, intention in the world of winning. But maybe you realize, I cannot win this. Maybe in your experience, you know, you've thought, oh, you know, we're better trained or whatever. But you've tried before. You've tried to go into battle under, under manned or under, you know, peopled, I guess, <laughs> be gender inclusive, you've, you've gone in with, with much less than the, the forces have that are arrayed against you, and you've lost. You can't keep going and doing the same thing again and again and again. Those forces are too great for you, right? Much like when I went in, in prayer thinking, okay, I'm going to pray one hour every day. It didn't work. That force, <laughs> that one hour was too great for me. So I had to reevaluate. I did 30 minutes a day. And actually now I do, uh, well, at least the silence part. I do 20 minutes of silence now every day. That's what I found that I could do, right? I had to readjust, you know? If you are doing the same thing again and again and again and it's not working, you got to readjust, Right? It's not about saying that you can do it on your own. You cannot do it on your own, right? But we need to be realistic about what we are able to give at this moment. Jesus knows that. He's not like, just try harder, right? He's like, yo, this force is too great for you. You can't do it. You've got to limit. But somehow we haven't learned that. We think that the death is to go all in and keep failing again and again and again, right? Jesus doesn't want that for you. You know how I know this? Because he says, I have come to give you life and life to the full. Now, please do not misunderstand me. Failure is a part of being able to learn and grow, right? Failure is a part of life, but there's got to be growth. 
right? And if you keep failing again and again and again, maybe that's a lesson. We got to do something different, right? We, we okay on the? Okay. Um, yeah, I just saw our slides went out. But uh, uh, I think that there are many people who kind of approach the spiritual life by thinking, you know, I have to be the one to overcome the 20,000 with my 10,000, right? And I, I think Jesus is very clear. you got to do it in a different way. It doesn't mean that you don't fight. It doesn't mean that you give up, right? It just means that the, the 10,000 against the 20,000 isn't working. Your current way of living, your current habits may not be adequate to this task. And actually, it may be to, <laughs> to do something that's not as difficult or to go about it in a different way. Brothers and sisters, uh, one of the things that I think needs to die fundamentally, when it says, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. There are things in there that I think if we're being really honest, if we're really counting the cost, we have not been willing to die to. I've alluded to one of them already. Your pride. That's a big one. Right? The idea of being able to do it under your own strength and power. right? Being able to admit that you can't do it. That it's too much for you. right? If you don't, then you're not living in reality. And if you don't, then you will never be able to change. Why? Because you can't face the truth that the way that you're trying to change, it's just not working, right? So um, I, I think I've, I've heard this story before of the, the, the guy who keeps uh, every day, uh, he, he, I think I was talking about the story of uh, somebody who keeps falling <laughs> in a hole again and again and again. And, you know, uh, instead of... Uh, you could keep uh, trying to go down the same road and fall, a, fall in the same hole again and again and again, or you could take a different road. You know, I can make it this time. I can jump higher, or I can figure out how to go around this hole. You know, uh, you would be losing that. You would be losing that part of yourself that says, I can do it, Right? But in many ways, uh, it, it, there is that question of, well, you, but you are losing, obviously, the ability to go through, right? And what would you be gaining if you took the other path? Uh, I think there is a question of, you know, for, for, for a lot of us, we, we might think, you know, Jesus is being too harsh, you know? Um, why would Jesus talk in this way? To, to, it seems like it's discouraging people from following him, right? And, and friends, I think part of the reason why Jesus does it is because he knows that what he is offering is better. This is one of the questions that we have to ask. Oftentimes, we think about the Christian life as losing, but it is also gaining. You may think that you are losing um, the ability to do what you want <laughs> or that sort of thing, but we are gaining Life in Christ. What, what, what is that to you? What is that worth? You know, I know sometimes we get 
uh, very confused about the cost in terms of, you know, you might ask, well, Pastor Steve, isn't grace free? No, isn't following Jesus free? Yes, it is, right? Um, you know, that, that has been earned for you. There's no more earning that, right? But make no mistake, there is a cost of following Christ. Because you are gaining life in Christ, you must lose life by yourself. I, I wanted to uh, close with a, a song that, uh, oh, 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 by the way, uh, I, there's a, in the slide it says, all change is really an exchange, right? Like you must exchange one life for the other. Uh, I want to close with this uh, old Christian song that um, uh, <laughs> you may not know it. It's pretty old, uh, but it's called To Be Like Jesus. It goes like this. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, that's all I ask. To be like him all through life's journey, from earth to glory, that's all I ask. To be like him. I won't sing the second verse, but again, it says to be like Jesus to be like Jesus. That's all I ask, to be like him. Not in a measure, but in its fullness. That's all I ask, to be like him. Friends, the Christian life is worth everything. It is, truly. You know, and maybe you, you may know this because you've tried life without Christ. You tried life on your own terms. And maybe it's time to try something new. You know, yes, it will cost you. But what you gain is so much greater. The peace that we have in Christ, the joy that we have in Christ. You know, and when we count the cost, brothers and sisters, I got to tell you, that 20 minutes that I used to spend not praying, I mean, what did I really do with that? Fiddle on my phone, look at YouTube for 20 minutes. You know, did it really give me more peace? Did that really give me more joy? I mean, what I've gained from being able to spend time with God every day, you know, that 20, 30 minutes every day, it's given me immeasurable peace. You know, I'm not as anxious as I used to be. I have a sense of God being with us. I mean, I'll be honest, when the, the stream went down, that wasn't very fun, <laughs> you know? But if that had happened before I had uh, my prayer habit, my prayer discipline, man, that would have made me so anxious. <laughs> I would have been so angry, you know? And it still isn't fun. I'm not perfect, right? It's still a journey. But I will tell you, I have more peace than I've had before. I've had more joy. I've tried doing it on my own terms. I spend that 20 minutes however I want, right? I get that 20 minutes to do, I don't know what, but it hasn't made my life better. Maybe it's time to try a different way. I, I, I want us to just take a moment. We're, we're going to go into uh, communion. Friends, all change is an exchange. And remember that Christ has exchanged his life, that we can have life in him, right? Because all change is an exchange.
He gave up himself. He gave up his comfort. Yes, Jesus could have lived like a prince in this world, right? He could have had everything. But he gave up his life. He died on a cross, a sinner's death, even though he was without sin. He did it so we can live. I, I, I just want us to, to just soak in that, to appreciate that, and to know that there is a way that's made for you, right? It does require you taking up your cross, dying to your old life, but it is absolutely worth it.